Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dotson, pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Matthew chapter 26, verse 43 says, He came again and he found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again, went away and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let's be going. Behold, he who betrays me is at hand. How very embarrassing. Down through history, these guys are now on public record for sleeping on the job. I guess that's the price of leadership. I mean, everyone does stupid stuff sometimes. Only when you're a leader, well, it's out there for everyone to see. Jesus understood a very crucial truth herein. Out there, just around the corner, the enemy awaits. We can't stop him from coming, but we can be ready when he gets here. Watchfulness sees and praying prepares. Today, the reality of the enemy is so very real. But so are the weapons of our faith. So believer, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Verse 47 says, While he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and clubs from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now, as that grand and historical moment was passing, the opportunity to wait and pray with the Son of God was squandered away on the weakness of the flesh. Some opportunities never come around again. Jesus prayed while the apostles slept. No doubt Jesus saw this mob approaching. There's always a full moon on Passover, and they would, of course, been carrying many torches to light their way. Jesus knew full well what this multitude would do, yet please note he did not run. 48 says, Now he who betrayed him had given them a sign, saying, Whoever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him. In an act that would be remembered throughout time, Judas turns on Jesus with a kiss. A sign of friendship, one of loyalty and trust, now coldly turned into a calculated, hollow, and hypocritical act of betrayal. Jesus would be now betrayed, arrested, and deserted, all within a few minutes. Just imagine facing all three of those events within such a short period of time. Betrayed by one of his own disciples, falsely arrested by a mob determined to kill him, and being deserted by all of his closest friends, the apostles themselves. No doubt, Jesus stood alone. It would be easy to stand slack-jawed at this string of failures, denials, and at the cold and blatant betrayal of Judas. Yet to be surprised by this would only reveal our lack of of understanding of the heart of mankind, because Scripture clearly tells us Just what's in a man. Psalms 14.3, Isaiah 53.6 speaks of this. 
Today, there are yet many who will quickly and easily deny him, despite having walked with him, tasted of the heavenly gift, shared in his miraculous, and have known the power of the resurrected life. Verse 49 says, he immediately he came to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Now Judas made sure that the people that were with him were armed. He feared Jesus, you see. Matthew 26, 48 says he had told the troops, hold him fast. For he had himself witnessed Jesus' power and his ability to escape from crowds before. Judas would now be the official rep from the religious powers of his day. Those who should have been his greatest allies turned out to be not only his greatest persecutors, but ultimately his executioners. There is no reason to believe it would be any different if the whole scene played out today instead of over 2,000 years ago. Generally, Jesus was not and is not the Messiah that people want. He doesn't fit the profile of the Savior and doesn't fit the profile of the Lord that most people are looking for. After all, we want a designer Jesus, one that is created in our personal image with our personal tastes and our desires and our needs and our very personality in mind. You see, we want a Jesus that fits into our lives instead of the other way around. We want a savior, albeit on our terms, but we're not much into the idea of a Lord of our lives. It may be mere speculation herein, but you can bet this issue had a great deal to do with what was rolling around in the head of Judas right about that time. Verse 50, Jesus said to him, Friend, why are you here? And then they came and laid hands on Jesus and they took him. Now this is an interesting question that Jesus poses here. Did Jesus not know the answer? I mean, did he fail to grasp the magnitude of the scene? Not likely. No doubt the question was presented rather for the sake of Judas's understanding of himself, not for any clarity or benefit for Jesus. You see, a man can and will do a lot without ever really stopping and seeking understanding as to why. The question that is being proposed to Judas is not only why he is doing what he is doing, but further, why he ever came to Jesus in the first place three years prior to this. Why have you come to Jesus? What are you looking for? What are you hoping to find? Are you attempting to make him a genie in a bottle? Some sort of spiritual Santa Claus? What happens when the Lord fails to deliver as you expect or further as you demand? Will you also do the unthinkable and reject your Savior? Jesus does not scold or rebuke Judas for his actions. He simply puts him in the place where he can find his heart's reality. This is the same as he does for us, whether we find it is wholly up to each of us or not. Judas uses the term master or rabbi, which again means teacher. Perhaps because that's all he ever saw Jesus as. Again, he wasn't turning on his Lord, only his teacher. 
That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim and JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com. Thank you.